Hey everybody, welcome back to Schoolhouse Cracked. With me as always, Mr. Brett Derrickson. I'm Dr. MC. And we're going to look at some really interesting stories from our professional and personal lives related to education. They do represent those cracks that we're examining because in schools are people and people do crazy things. And so we talked about this uh, early on when we were still uh, recording out of a basement with really shitty uh, audio-visual technology, but we called this the Tales from the Trenches segment. And so, uh, you know, after a time in public education, we both know public educators that have their file, their file of just crazy shit (laughs) that has happened in their career that when they retire, they're going to write a book about. Um, And at one point, I had my own. Uh, And we have a, a colleague as well who's keeping his own. But... Um, just kind of talking about the crazy stuff we've seen in schools and what the hell, what the hell do you do yeah. when something so out of the ordinary, so unexpected, or just so plain weird happens. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited. Uh, later this afternoon, I'm going to meet one of my former students who's now a teacher, actually, okay. at, a, at a local high school, and I, I'm going to introduce him to, to you. Mm. Uh, but uh, this this goes back to when I was a young a young teacher, and you've actually heard this story before, okay. but I want I want you to think to yourself – how um, a more reasonable person like yourself could have made different choices in the okay. midst of this story. And the other part is, is, is um, don't be afraid to share with the audience um, how I've shared this story uh, before with you. You'll, oh, so I'm here for a bit of fact-checking yeah, as well. Okay, yeah. all right, all right. So uh, it was, uh, we used to call it CSAP. That was the Colorado State uh, oh, Test. Oh, yeah, I know where this is going. <laughs> all right. And... Uh, uh, folks, this is this is a comment on on Schoolhouse Crack. At at the end of the day, uh, our students have to take uh, tests um, to prove our student achievement in our schools. Uh, the, the the information is public. It goes yeah. back to NCLB No Child Left Behind legislation, and it, No Child Left Behind and these high stakes tests were were and are huge game changers mm-hmm. in how we orchestrate and design our schools. Yeah, people, this, people lost jobs over some of these tests oh, over the years, yeah. Well, this school that I was at mm-hmm. lost its school, and, and I can't get into that. That's actually a, a, a hard one to talk about. But the point is, is uh, we're getting ready to, to give this week-long series of tests. It's a, it's a total of 12 tests o- over five days. And the administration is telling us, folks, don't take these days off. Mm-hmm. These, these tests are extremely important. They need their teachers there to help them, you know, our best performance. Well, and the, re- and the research does tell us that, that it, kids and adults perform best on assessments when it's in a familiar environment, that even si- sitting in the same chair they learn the material in yeah. is important. So yeah. even a, a trusted adult that they're familiar with could be right. beneficial. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. So, so, so I, I, I already agree with the administrator's comment there. No, no, okay, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. And, and I did so much that I put myself in jeopardy here. But the point is I'm the lead tester, and I have a colleague who's a very respected teacher, mm-hmm. a type A person. You would have really connected with this, this lady. She was sharp, and she's my co-proctor. Well, anyways, I have the flu, like full on. I'm I am sick. This is pre-pandemic, so yes. y- you came to school sick as a teacher yes. because it was easier than writing subplans. Yeah, and th- and I also was I was all in. I was yeah. all in on this uh. process to help our kids perform at their best. So yeah. I go in. Anyways, everything had to be completely and totally secure. So we let the kids go out into the hallway to have their snacks in the hallway, and then she goes to the restroom, my co-proctor, and I have to go to the restroom. This is an emergency situation. So I pack up all the tests. I legitimately box them into my closet, lock my closet, lock my classroom door, and then I go to the faculty restroom. Well, the faculty restroom is only the one, just one of those one-person ones. It's locked. This is an emergency situation. So I run upstairs, 
and I go into the student restaurant. I'm sorry, I was laughing at your T-Rex hands. Oh, you sorry. Like... <laughs> but like you know, this this is an, this school yeah. was built in 1956. Yeah, it's a big school. It's a big school. Yeah. yeah, and it's got so it's got like ten urinals, no barriers, yeah. right? And so I'm terrified to go in there. Nobody wants to like pee next to their teacher or anything like that. But I go in there, and luckily the last kid using the restroom leaves, and I'm in this giant restroom all by myself. And I feel terrible. So I kind of lean up against the wall, head up against the wall. And as you remember, I never unzipped my pants. So full-fledged, empty of my bladder, pee pants all the way down (laughs) both of my legs. And I'm standing in the restroom by myself. And I'm like, what do I do? And so this is what just holding mo- your crotch up towards the air yeah, dryer. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> this is where yeah, this is. I don't know if this was mistake number one. I feel pretty good about my decisions, but you might you might say, hey, this is where you messed up. But anyways, I run across the hallway. I leave the bathroom, run across the hallway where we have a teachers lounge, yeah. and I go in there. And one of my closest friends in the social studies department is squared to me face to face, and I called her germs because she was a big germaphobe. <laughs> and so I'm like germs. And she's looking at me square in the eyes. And I just put two hands down, point at my crotch. And she's mortified. But she can totally see Which that. out of context could be highly suggestive. Yes. But, yeah, but, but she you, can, you were covered in urine at right, this point. Right. But she yeah. could tell that I yeah. had full-fledged peed my pants. <laughs> so we came up with this plan. And the plan is, is that I walk extraordinarily close behind her. And she walks me all the way down the hall and into my classroom, stands at the edge of my desk. And I slide from behind her and into my chair. Where I proceed to misproctor the, the the state assessment. You just did you pick the wrong test yes. to read? Is that what? Yes, yeah. yes. Okay. And so then the students. I think you could be forgiven. You're sitting in your own urine. Yes, but nobody knows that. I'm just behind there. The co-proctor passed out the test. I miss read the test. Like ten minutes into the test, the kids are like, "Hey, Mr. Derrickson, uh, it says we're supposed to use our our pre-write, our brainstorm, but we didn't do that." I'm like, "But oh. you, but we have calculators out." Right. So. <laughs> Anyway, so I call up, I get some direction to give the test um, out of order, blah, blah, blah. I got to cut this part of the story off. Long story short, though, I was walked out of the building four <laughs> weeks later, <laughs> and nobody knew why Mr. Derrickson was being escorted out of the building and couldn't show up to school. Everybody's um, minds went to the worst possible place, but absolute, it really boiled well, down to Right, I'll, and I'll just say this, and you can read between the lines. I was 26 years old. I was the varsity girls soccer coach, and nobody knows why Mr. Derrickson's yeah. been walked out of the class. Nobody knows that I misadministered the test four weeks ago. So it was a nasty, nasty event. Yeah. It did end very well, folks, because I was disciplined. I was not allowed to give a standardized <laughs> test for two full years. So every time we had a standardized test, I got to grade papers while my colleagues had to work on the assessment. So, so uh, the, the moral of the story here is if you don't want to administer standardized state assessments, just piss yourself. Yeah, piss, yes, and work your way up to, like, incompetence, <laughs> right? You don't be trustworthy. If, you don't, if you're not trustworthy, you can't have responsibility. Oh, my God. If I was your colleague at that time and I'd found out you weren't proctoring because oh, – you peed your pants, I would hate you. Yeah, yeah. and I would just laugh constantly yeah. when they were stressed out over administering the test and I was mm-hmm. getting all my grading done. It was, oh it was a beautiful two years. Um, it, so it, what would you have done differently? What, ha- what I mean, you can't go back and not pee yourself. That's not fair. Right. Post-peeing your pants, how would you have handled that situation? Well, I, I mean, anymore, and I don't know the circumstances back then, but most schools have emergency backup proctors for just that scenario. Mm. So I remember these tests – 
um, the CSAP test back when I was coming up as a yeah. young educator. And we had a, I was in an elementary school at the That's time, right. and the kid had puked on his test book. Yeah. And the and so the protocol at that time was put the book in a giant Ziploc bag and then try to transcribe the kids' responses from the puke book bag into another test. And so I was the backup proctor, and in that case, I wasn't backup proctoring. I was transcribing a puke book. That is disgusting. It was, and that's why in, when I decided to not work in elementary schools. Oh, my um, gosh. I just got to shiver up my spine. Yeah, that it is was so gross. And, well, if, if you want me to help that any, mm. um, it was like Campbell's Soup Chunky, mm. where like the cube carrots were obviously still in there. Oh, uh, those are indigestible. But I would have... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are there in everything? I would uh <laughs> I would, I would have, I mean, you had landlines back then, or yeah. possibly smoke signals. <laughs> yeah, um, but, but you, uh, I, I would have probably used my classroom phone or asked a colleague to to yeah. go to the the test administrator and ask for the backup proctor at yeah. least until I could dry my pants. Yeah, in hindsight, yeah. I really could have used my human resources on that. But, uh, but also in hindsight, you know, you were committed yeah. to giving what now we know to be a meaningless assessment. I but that commitment is strong, and you. and you need to be a lot. And I hope the audience doesn't miss out on my kind of heroic act. Because <laughs> that, that was my motive. I was there for kids, man. That's you really laid like on the sword for that one. <laughs> I did. That's legit. I was legitimately thinking of my kids. I can actually picture some of the students uh, from that very class because it was an advisory, you know. Oh, and like so I, yeah, yeah, and I had yeah. those kids for a number of years, and now they were juniors when they were oh. taking that test, and, and I can picture them. But I was... I was literally there for them, uh, with uh, wet pants and wet pants and all. So good thing it wasn't like the SAT or the ACT. Those yeah. kids wouldn't have gotten into college. I know, and yeah. it's a really good thing that my wife doesn't listen to our podcast because that would be embarrassing for her. <laughs> but it's all right. Um, <laughs> well, is, and so kind of on the fl- on the flip side of that, you're talking about doing the right thing by kids. Uh, mine that to this day I still regret a bit, but everybody else seems to find hilarious. Um, is is what not to say to an escalated kid. Okay. Uh, and so to, to kind of lay the table here, um, we had this individual who uh, had been with us for much longer than the traditional high school student. <laughs> um, so, folks, that's longer than four years the student's been with us. And I, I had worked summer school the summer prior. Um, and over the course of summer school, this individual had assaulted a teacher. Nice. Um, assaulted a uh, elementary school child, a female child, um, at a bus stop with a baseball bat. Hey. And so really like an upstanding citizen yes. that we were all really looking forward to representing our school as a graduate in the future. That's terrifying. Um, uh, I, I want to say like tail end of the fifth year, going into a sixth year, didn't have enough credits to even graduate at the sixth year. So what we call aging out. The student yeah. was inevitably going to, quote, age out. Um Parent was a real piece of work as well. So if you have an opportunity, go back and watch our Crazy Parents from Hell episode. Uh, case in point there. Um, and, uh, and so I'm sitting in, in the office um, with, a, with one of our secretaries, and we're just chatting. And the bell had rung. Everybody's in class. And I just see this individual walk, walk by with a female student in, in one direction. About five minutes pass, and then that student walks the other direction with that female student. I'm like, okay, no surprise there. He's not going to he's not going to class, which is why he's on the six year track here. Yeah. And then I see him walk back. And so this took place over like twenty minutes. So I'm going up and I'm making copies. I'd already seen a student. I see him walk by again with this with this female student. And at this point, despite him being like a real gem, uh, I, I thought I'd developed some decent rapport with yeah. him where we could kind of poke fun at mm-hmm. each other, right? Yep. Uh, and, and I mean, because I'm not one to give up on a kid. Yep. And, and this is when I was a school counselor still. 
And so finally, after the third time, I yell out, and I'm going to use a different name here, but I go, hey, Johnny, you're really going to make the most out of eight years of high school, aren't you? <laughs> oh, <laughs> you and, said that? Oh, yeah, which, which you know is super out of character oh, for me. Oh, my word. I don't even believe it. Yeah, so I was a little spicy that day, apparently. Oh. Um, and on any other day, I'm still confident he would have responded just fine there. He would have been like, oh, screw you, yeah, screw you, MC. Yeah, but, but, the, the, but the female yes. student was there, um, which I'm still – kind of okay with because he was essentially almost old enough to buy beer yeah and that was a sophomore girl yes a 15 okay. year old girl so i i in hindsight i'm still kind of okay with it because that was a an interesting dynamic yeah not the playbook but you're still doing the right thing yeah yeah it's like uh i i, I faked the punt and then <laughs> went for a lateral like I, it, anyway um and so that that caused him to go off the deep end, and it was f bomb you, f I'm gonna f and murder you. Oof. Your body's gonna be in my backyard. Did uh, he really say something? Oh yeah, it, That's it was awesome. It, to, to date, some of the uh, the most awful things I've heard directed at an adult, any adult, let alone myself, in a school. I've heard worse, kid to kid. But to date, still like one of the worst things I've heard a kid say to an adult in a public school setting. That's crazy. And That's awesome. uh, and so anyway, so I grab my radio and I'm like, hey. Johnny's popping off. Uh, I mean, I was more appropriate. I was like, hey, can we just have somebody respond to, to X hallway? Um, you know, and uh, and he did this in front of, like, six other adults. Uh. So you want to talk about, like, witnesses of, like, threatened homicide. So anyway, he goes down to the front office, and at this point, one of our good friends is the dean at the time. Yep. And so he has him in his office, and he's trying to talk to him. But the whole time I go down there and I'm trying to fill out a report – the kid is looking at me through the glass window of our friend's office like Hannibal Lecter, like nose touching the glass, smiling at me. And it was one of the most discerning experiences I've ever had where I'm like, this kid's going to find me. Oh. And and my wife's going to be a widow. I can uh, picture <laughs> I can picture the places and the people you're talking like, about. And, and a, this a, is awesome. Like a, a, a Heath Ledger Joker yeah. smile on his face. So anyway, long story short. Uh, he ends up getting uh, essentially expelled, and in Colorado, you don't really get expelled. You, you have to provide additional services. So this student was sent to another another program. So a kid who was going to age out went to this program that grants credit for essentially breathing on a piece of paper uh, <laughs> and uh, was granting credit for like – anyway. So the kid went from being two years behind to graduating to showing up at our graduation that spring as a graduate oh. and had miraculously accumulated 12 of the 24 credits he needed to graduate in three months. Yeah, and so the whole graduate. So I'm on stage at graduation, and the whole graduation. He's in the audience with his cap and gown, just doing that Joker oh, smile at me. Man. And I was like, "This is where it's going to happen. Yeah. He's going to get his diploma. He's going to stab me." <laughs> <laughs> what did he do? Did he make a joke? No, did he, he didn't do anything. He was oh. on his best behavior because he was under a restraining order at oh. that point for for other things that had happened in the community. Thank goodness for those. This also reminds. I'm sorry. I have to tell you that I I I, I wish the audience could just be on our heads. The space that he's talking about where the child ends up in an, an office where he's looking at Dr. Motor Chandler through the window is this beautiful actual space, mm -hmm. open space with offices all the way around it. This goes back to other things you shouldn't say, Dr. Motor Chandler. One day we're having lunch in this back room. Oh, <laughs> it's me, okay. it's Dr. MC, and one of our other buddies who's also a dean. And we're just sitting around and bashing our administration. <laughs> We're bashing our central administration. We're bashing our principal. It is just all things like so wonderful that you need to do in a half an hour in order to go back out and conduct difficult work. 
but it's very uncharacteristic of Dr. MC to do anything other than it's like purely professional conduct. It's not untypical for me or the other guy that's there. But in this case, he has his back to the door. And our assistant superintendent <laughs> walks into the room, and he is just crushing her. And by name, and using things like incompetent, asinine, irresponsible. And I'm just sitting there looking at her over his shoulder, and I don't know what I, to do. <laughs> I think you're recalling this a bit more in depth, but I, I remember saying something more oh. along the lines of, um, I don't know how the hell she got that position. That's right. Yeah, okay, yeah, like yeah. that's any yeah. better. Wait. At, at, <laughs> it's not any better, but it's still on <laughs> scope. It, like, I don't know how the assistant superintendent got her job. <laughs> that's terrible. Oh my goodness. Here's oh. one. Here's one from my classroom, though. Just a, I mean, I'm I'm 23 years old, and I a kid has kids were wonderful back then they mm. would bring me donuts i mean I, this is what brought me into overweightness mm. was other their, people yeah. yes yeah. it was <laughs> it was their choices to support their teacher and my choice to support them with their gifts mm. mainly kids had figured out that I'll, I'll eat a snickers and be kind i'll drink a coca-cola and be kind so you're the commercial yeah hungry, just hungry yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. and and this in this particular case it's like a friday and a kid has brought me a donut so i'm like literally beginning my my and it was you know i was a big into direct instruction mm -hmm. in the 90s or whatever so which was uh, i don't know i loved it i loved direct instruction probably not good for kids you can imagine i enjoyed it oh yeah very uh yeah. very um uh, i'm, I'm well, just missing to the talk word. i like yeah. the sound of my own voice apparently performative very yes. performative yeah yeah so i've got a donut in my hand and i'm lecturing and we're doing uh, medieval europe and we're talking you know about the, the social structures there and, you know, we're talking about from serfs and peasants and nobles and lords or, or and, you know, obviously all the way up to like a, you know, a king. We're looking at that hierarchy and a kid asked very genuinely. I don't know why anybody would be interested in what I was teaching. I wasn't even interested Duh. in what I was teaching. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he asked, you know, hey, what what does, you know, what does a noble do, for, you know, for the Lord? It sounds like the nobles own land. And yeah, they, yeah. I said, like, like, excellent question. I said, well, well, nobles are on the, on the Lord's land, and, and they are, um, they give taxes and pay tribute and, and all kinds of things that were socially important. Right. And so I said, in front of the group, like, I said, they have to go to, to dances and weddings and att attend the king's balls. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> You yeah, know, like you balls. can't say that in front of high school kids. <laughs> in the king's balls. I'm talking about like, you know, like, you know. Yes, I'm <laughs> attending court, attending court. And so I just stopped after it. And I just looked them, looked at the class. They looked back at me like deers at a hunter. Mm -hmm. And then we just laughed, I think probably for the last 15 minutes. I mean, oh, it was God. just absolutely. The bell rang, well, yeah. everyone went home happy. Yeah, but yeah. I will tell you this. To this day, I would give a little formative assessment on the social hierarchy of medieval Europe, that class killed it. Ooh. Yeah. Well, and, and we know that that <laughs> that kids and even adults will remember information when it's tied to a positive yeah. emotional experience, often humor. And we both always use humor yeah. in our quote direct instruction. But uh, I, I want to finish with just one story that, that your story made me think about is uh, like well-intentioned, like you, you're in a moment where you're really connecting with a kid. And so uh, – uh, my uh, uh, one of our friends who was uh, an administrator, uh, he was a first year administrator. I was a, a first year uh, uh, administrator coming out of counseling, and uh, we had, we both were, had been working with this kid. Loved absolutely loved this kid, but um, had some cognitive delays. But like liked being in school, liked his teachers, liked 
like our friend, like mm -hmm. our, our shared friend and myself, yeah. would come to us and 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 wanted to get better at making better choices and knew he wasn't making better choices and just God, we love this kid. And so we got a report from from this uh, from another student that he, this kid had possibly a knife and possibly some drugs on him. And I get the report and I'm like, I, I just I know this kid and there's no way he knows what he he truly knows what he's doing. Yeah. So like we're not. Uh, and so I talked to my buddy. I was like, let's don't. I don't want to call him straight down to the to the discipline office. Like let's call him to kind of a neutral environment and just see what he says. Um, because I, I'm worried that he just doesn't know what he's doing. And maybe yeah. if he's, quote, holding it for a friend, which in this case I truly believe. Um, so we call him down, and he's like, yeah, I have this and this. Like, my, it, this is my brother's, and then I just thought this was super cool. Yeah. And so I brought it because I wanted to show my friend. And, like, knowing and having a good relationship with this kid, I was like, I absolutely believe. He thought this was this this pocket knife was cool, and he wanted to show his friend. Yeah. There's no ill intent. And that he probably did take something from his brother because he really looks up to his brother. Yeah. And so, again, not a whole lot of ill intent. They're just really poor decision-making and, again, a kind of a, a lower cognitive ability. So we're like, thank you for sharing with us. We really appreciate it, but we do need to pull this out of your backpack. And so the, what he had told us he had was not what we found because when my friend, our friend and I started digging through his backpack, a baggie exploded in our face. That it, We ended up taking the rem remnants of that baggie and, and all over my floor. We took the remnants of that baggie to our school resource officer, police officer, who tested it, and it came positive for meth. No. Yeah. So I don't. I don't. I, didn't, I thought you knew this. Story. I didn't know this at all. So. So anyway, uh, our shared friend and myself had essentially done meth at school, accidentally in in conducting a backpack search. You had meth on your hands and face. Yeah, like in 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 our face. So um, so my colleague got it in his eye, and his eye he started to look like a pirate. And then I got it in one of my nostrils and like in my scruff, and it was all over the floor. Um, and so I started to have like an irritated nose, and my buddy's <laughs> eye turned red and started to swell. So we were like, shit, 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 what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? The cop just told us this is meth. Like, we think we ingested meth doing this backpack search. So we go to our boss, we go to our principal, who at the time is this like old school cowboy guy, like retired in another state, moved to Colorado, working a retirement job basically. And we're like, hey, Here's what happened. And he just looks at us, leans back in his chair, and he's like, well, how do you feel? <laughs> and, uh, and we both just looked at him, and I was like, I don't, I don't know. I was like, I think I feel okay, but I've never had this experience before. And he was like, well, if you get high, go home. That's <laughs> <laughs> just boiling it down to its basic pieces. Yeah. You've got meth face, and yeah. he's just telling you to kind of like think so about I, it. So then we go back to the school resource officer, the, the police for our city, and we're like, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? And he's like, it was accidental. Nothing you can do. Either go home or, like, you can just wait it out. Anyway, long story short, neither one of us actually had ingested anything to have any uh. adverse reaction. But we were both so paranoid that we were going to lose our job. Jeez. That's uh, and so lesson learned, every backpack search I conducted afterwards, I opened the bag like this. Yeah. I opened the bag three feet away from my face. Um, and And – the kid did have consequences, did have discipline, but still a really sweet kid. Why did and he then, have and the And then meth? he apologized to us uh. because – so, again, he, sweet kid, his brother was actively using it. Yeah. But what his brother had told him he was using it for is to help him work out. Yeah. And so he wanted – the kid wanted to be in shape like his brother. Uh. And so I don't believe the story that his brother was using it to work out. Mm -hmm. But that's what he told his impressionable younger, younger sibling. Yeah. And he believed it, and he wanted to be like his big brother. Yeah. And so oh, it man. broke my heart. And the, the, the thing that broke my heart the most is the kid apologized to us. Yeah. yeah. As it was happening, as yeah. we're freaking out that we have this all over the floor in our faces, he's like, I'm so sorry. I'm no, so sorry. <laughs> it sounds ridiculous. But that, that it, for me, that is heartwarming. It's just yeah. bringing back a thousand different memories of just the – 
uh, the amazing young people that we've worked with over the years. And, and no matter how much, I guess that's one of the things, folks. It, Schoolhouse Cracked is, is also a reflection of, of how difficult it is um, to, for schools uh, to be a part of, of the, the centralized whole society. Mm -hmm. And we deal, we get to, I don't want to say we deal, we get to work with um, all walks of life. Yeah, all, all walks of life, life. Yeah. And, all, and all people's kids. And, mm -hmm. and what we have found over the years is that the, the human spirit is pretty universal. Uh, we, we work with a lot of, of amazing young people and a lot of adults. Uh, but the things that, that we deal with in, in our greater society are a part of our schools. And so uh, at the end of the day, though, I guess that's kind of all those are a little bit heartwarming to me. Yeah. Uh, you know, the things that we try to do to support kids, uh, the relationships that we f uh, forge. And, and along the way, there are some really great uh, tales from the trenches. So we, we shared some of our tales from the trenches today. And, and open, uh, ultimately here at Schoolhouse Crack, we're looking for you to share with your tales of the trenches. And I'm speaking, of course, to teachers. Tell us some of those crazy stories, those unusual off-the-wall things that nobody else would believe, um, or, or some of those beautiful moments uh, from the trenches as well. But, but also, if you're a student, or, or you just were a student, and it's like you would never believe what happened to me or my school or how they handled this or whatever else. But let, a, let us uh, dissect and, and maybe yeah. even challenge us with some of those things that maybe could have been done better. That would be fun work for, for Marcus and I. Yeah, so absolutely. Parents, students, teachers, administrators, send us your tales from the trenches. We'd love to share them uh, in one of our segments and, and talk about it a bit more. So send us your tales from the trenches at schoolhousecracked at gmail.com. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at that button below. List your tales from the trenches in the comments to our YouTube mm -hmm. channel, and be sure to download us on all your favorite podcast channels. All right. We appreciate you. Have a great day.